Hi. Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we chat with Derek Taylor on the ground in Regina. The Bombers are there. So is he. His initial thoughts at the start of Grey Cup Week coming up on the podcast. In Regina on Sunday, the Grey Cup. And the man who's called games all season for us is Derek Taylor. And he is in Regina. And he joins us now. Derek, how was the drive out to Regina today? Uh, relatively painless, though uh, Greg Mackling's uh, need of preserved meat snacks and cheese along the way in a confined space could be a little overwhelming. Who drove? Uh, we we took turns. Mackling, because he's the early bird, took the first shift, but then he started having to do some some hits on you know Toast Show and then Hal Anderson uh, in the morning. So uh, I took over after that and took the last four. Uh, Four hours, so you know, I I did all, I did most of the work. Let's not kid ourselves. Well, I mean, that is a more familiar area for you. You you just moved from there, so exactly. I hit the bypass, knew exactly where I was going. The back route, boom, we're at the hotel. Boom, we're at the airport. Uh, it's it's uh, it's like falling off a bike. So we're gonna hear from Greg Ellingson, Adam Big Hill, and Mike O'Shea coming up after eight o'clock. Just going through the audio now. Uh, we'll play for y'all coming up in about half an hour. But your first impression of the team's attitude after that plane ride and getting into Regina for their third straight great cup week. Well, the, the, the usual suspects were in full voice. Rasheed Bailey was super excited. Jamarcus Hardrick let off a bellow as he got off the plane. Uh, so the, the guy seemed, uh, Greg Ellingson was all smiles. Six great cups. Now Greg Ellingson has been to, so he was, he was all smiles. Adam Big Hill had all three of his past great cup rings on focused and coach O'Shea was deflecting the nonsense questions and sort of answering some of the other ones. So uh, O'Shea was in game day form. So it, it, it was, it was really good. The, the one thing we were watching for, right? We wanted to know, everybody wants to know what about Zach Kolaris? Uh, so mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was watching him very intently as he, he got off the plane and uh, I don't know that I have anything to report. He, he walked with his two feet on the ground oh, and, wow. uh, yeah, we're all exactly. We're all, he he wasn't spatted up over his you know his casual shoes, so maybe that's a sign. But we won't really know till tomorrow's practice, right? That's that's when we'll get the first real look at how are they treating Kalaros, like how are they using him, and how does he look? Obviously, intentional that the bomber social media account would share the video of him walking down the stairs and onto the ground, right? Oh, did they? I, I yeah. had you'd figured. Yeah, they did that about an hour ago. They they would. Uh, okay, yeah, it uh, <laughs> took us a while to get back. So okay, uh, it uh, it looked fine. Uh, folks, folks can go at Winnipeg underscore Blue Bombers and, and tell us what they think. I wondered maybe there's a little something, but honestly, none of it means anything until tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. So take us through the schedule for the team this week and and how they plan to get prepared. Yeah, so Coach O'Shea says it's a, it's a normal week, except we only get one day of practice. And, and, and that day, at least one open day of practice, that day is tomorrow. They have an afternoon practice tomorrow at Mosaic Stadium. Thursday, they have a closed day of practice. Friday is just media demand, so they have a 90 minutes in front of the media. Saturday is their final walkthrough, and then Sunday is game day. So they don't get as much practice as they would in a regular you know, Sunday to Sunday week and a seven-day week. 
but uh, as O'Shea says, you know, it, yeah, that's what it is. So we we play it like it's perfect. Um, yeah, uh, so they're they'll be ready to go. You'd, you'd suspect they're fresh. Uh, O'Shea said yesterday on the coaches show, you know, uh, didn't mention anybody being injured. He said Kalar's fine. He said uh, Malik Clements, who took that big hit on the final play of the game, that he will be fine. So yeah, it's it shouldn't affect anybody, and if it does, well, it's even for both teams. So. Uh, it's slightly unusual, but the Bombers have dealt with that in various forms this season, including uh, the first game they played against Toronto this year. Speaking of Toronto, what do you think of the matchup? I think I think Winnipeg has the advantage just about everywhere in this game. Quarterback, receiver, offensive line, defensive line. Toronto's defensive front is really nice. So maybe, maybe they push a little more toward even there. Toronto's linebackers... Good defensive backs, a little more veteran experience. So maybe defensively, you might give a slight nod to Toronto. But the thing I can't get past with the Argos is, yeah, they won 11 games, but they barely outscored their opponents over the course of the season, whereas the Bombers dominated their opponents over the course of the season. And, you know, point difference isn't isn't the end-all, be-all stat, but if you outscored your opponents by 18 points, it sounds like you played a lot of close games, and that's what the Argos did. If you outscored your opponents by 168 points, like the Bombers did, you start to think, oh, okay, well, you were significantly better than some teams. So, yeah, Toronto is just a, a team that, to me, I mean, they have a high ceiling because McLeod Bethel-Thompson has a strong arm, and he's got some receivers, especially if Brandon Banks is going to keep going like he did in the in the Eastern Final. He was terrific in that game maybe the first game this season where i've really been super you know wowed by by his performance but to me they they have a real low floor as well and they can put up they had a 29 to 2 loss to calgary and and you think really you guys are the east champs and you scored two points in a 60 minute canadian football game it so they there's some potential but i mean there's a potential for it to be really bad for toronto so i i they're they're still a puzzle to me. I really thought, you know, you get a 14-point lead on Montreal, how come you can't put them away? And they, they almost didn't, right, in that game in the East Final this past week. So they're not the strongest team, but, you know, on on any given sun, Sunday, let's say, uh, weird things can happen, as Toronto showed us in 2017. One of the biggest storylines, no doubt about it, is Andrew Harris going up against his former team. Won a great cup last year and the year before that, playing in his hometown. There was a bit of a unceremonious breakup, if you want to call it that, heading into free agency, and he goes to Toronto, where he didn't have a great season. He only scored one touchdown, and it was this past Sunday that he scored mm-hmm. his first rushing touchdown. He had a couple hundred-yard games, one of them against Winnipeg, but his yards per carry average was the lowest of his career. A.J. Ouellette's been just more productive in that backfield He's going to have a massive chip on his shoulder and he's going to be a part of the storyline. But do you expect Andrew Harris to really factor into the decision on Sunday? That's a real good question. I, I honestly, I kind of don't because I mean, this, this past week against Montreal, sure. He had the touchdown and uh, his catch was for 30 yards, but that was a screen pass that was so well blocked. Literally any running back in the CFL gets 30 yards on that. And he is, like you said, he's coming off a torn pectoral muscle that we thought was going to keep him out for the entire year. They they eased him back in, but if you 
to replace AJ Willette, who is that dude runs hard. Like he runs to hurt people. Uh, I don't know that I want to take that out of the lineup too terribly much. I certainly don't want to give Andrew all of the all of the touches, but so there'll be some. But I mean, the bombers the bombers could figure out Andrew Harris, and like you say, the lowest yards per carry of his career. It's, it's not a it's not a coincidence, right? You're no longer running behind this this bombers attack. Yards are going to be a lot tougher to come by. So. Honestly, I would fully expect them to be splitting reps, just mostly because I, I just don't see how you could take AJ Willette and completely take him out of the out of the uh, the game plan because he's a he's a dynamite runner. He loves to hurt. So, looking at the the overall matchup, you mentioned that the Bombers have the advantage in in every way pretty well. Early indications, and we're going to talk a lot over the next four or five days about the game, of course, but your initial gut reaction on what would have to happen for Winnipeg to lose? Uh, to me, it's got to be turnovers. And and this is the thing. I, I, I said the th- same thing in advance of the BC game, turnovers. And then they almost came to fruition in that game, right? Like, Kolaris throws the end zone interception early in the second quarter. But he threw one that Manny Ragamba feels like he should have picked off. Mm-hmm. And he threw one that TJ Lee was cursing himself for not having a pick six on that. And you think, oh, boy, that's that's Kolaris being quite loose with the game. That's that's one of his that's one of his worst games of the season, honestly, was the West Final. And thank goodness the run game was able to get in there and, and support the offense. So uh, if, if Kolaris is loose with the football and you have to go back to relying on the running game, well, I, uh, Toronto's got some real nice matches for for that in, in my mind. So Kolaris has to be on point and, you know, keep the ball away. Uh, Jamal Peters, six interceptions for this Argos defense. And they've got they've got other guys along the back there that can that can take the ball away. Chris Edwards can cause you some problems at that dime defensive back spot. So I, I hate to go back to the old chestnut of turnovers again, but I, Winnipeg's offense should be able to put up 30, 35 points on this Toronto team uh, because they're it's dramatically different than when they met in week four. So just protecting the football, and maybe it does come down to Brady and Johnny and Dakota run this game out again, and we, we protect the ball that way. That said, do I, I wouldn't expect a healthy Zach Kolaris to have a bad game two games in a row because, for the most part, he's been at his best when the games have been the biggest. Well, and think of that pass to Nick Dembski in the fourth quarter where he's got him wide open in the corner. He throws it too late, and it's knocked away. That's a touchdown. Another and, one. And the Bombers would have kind of coasted if, if that's completed and said they kick a field goal, and BC ends up having a slight sl- a glimmer of hope. By the time it's all said and done, I'll get you out here with a couple uh, just quite CFL today questions. Uh, first of all, on the reports that Nathan Rourke is going to get some NFL tryouts, do you actually see him uh, being able to get a spot down there? Oh, I, I, I absolutely do expect he'd be able to get a spot down there. I guess the question will be, in my mind, is it worth it to him? Is any team willing to say to him, here's a, here's a significant sum of money to sign a contract? Because if, if they said to him, Here's ten thousand dollars. Come to camp with us. I, I don't believe that's in Rourke's best interest. If they said to him, uh, "Here's a hundred thousand dollars. Come to camp with us. Here's seventy thousand dollars." That's a real financial commitment and a real thought that hey, there's there's some room for you here. So I, I think and I hope he has a chance to kind of pick his spot because I, I think what he showed this year is he could absolutely play 
in uh, like a top three quarterback spot with one of 32 NFL teams? Absolutely. And on the note of CFL All-Stars today, the fact that Calgary had the most in the CFL, they had eight, Winnipeg had six. You fine with that? I get it. I, I understand. Winnipeg won, won 15 games, but some of the guys that would have been All-Stars were injured, right? Uh, Brandon Alexander would have been a natural at safety, but Alexander missed most of the season. Um, I, I, teams like to, Voters like to go two left tackles, so no room for Jamarcus Hardrick. Brady Oliveira might have been a good pick, but Kadeem Carey was a dynamite runner this season. I'm I'm moderately surprised that Curly Gittens got in the Toronto receiver over Nick Dembski. Gittens had over a thousand yards, but Dembski's ten touchdowns. He made my ballot, so that may be the one that I'm maybe a little surprised got left off. But I think well, and Willie Jefferson, but he's up. He would have been up against the two defensive player of the year candidates. So um, not surprised that that Calgary I think uh, got the, got the most spots and. Willie may be the maybe the one where you go, uh, there wasn't room for Willie on this list. Yeah, fair enough. But if you go, I think, one by one, you can make the case that everyone deserved to be on the list. At least they didn't have to do a recount for this one, right? So <laughs> Yeah. Donald Rutledge, uh, we apologize for making yeah. you an all-star and uh, for taking it away later. Three Thanks. hours, yeah. Sorry about that. Anyway, Derek, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this. Have fun, and we'll uh, check in with you again tomorrow night. Sounds good, brother. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. Try to warn you over the